Blog Talk Radio. Two days off, 
And uh, so I'm taking five days off for Christmas. I'm a, it starts on this Friday, and I, I'll go back to work the day after Christmas at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I got some interesting news about that as well that I'll share a little bit later, too. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on today. And, uh, Terry, why don't you take the reins and introduce our wonderful guest that we have today? I will. I first want to give kudos to the boys who wrote our Not Late Night intro and outro, because we appreciate being able to hear that every week. And that's Josh Guild and Larry Gromer. And if I ever forget the latter of those two names, I will be killed. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to give kudos, as always. Some some weeks I tend to forget, and I wanted to make sure. Oh, and I also want to give a quick shout-out. I'm sure he's not listened to the show and probably never will. My stepfather's birthday is tomorrow, so happy birthday, Ken. In the meantime, yes, we have Canadian-born... Uh, musician, songwriter, Bobby Dixon, and I'm going to go ahead and bring him on right now. Bobby, are you there? Hi, sir. Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing great. We're so happy to have you on. Now, you and I have known each other almost two years now, I think. It's been quite a while. I think so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm really honored, as I know Michael is as well, that, that you would do this interview with us. Now, um... You are Canadian-born, correct? Were you not born in Vancouver, which is British Columbia, yeah. for those of you who are not? Yeah, I was born um, in Vancouver City. Familiar with Canada. Uh, yeah, I wanna, uh, apparently that's not so common in Vancouver anymore. It's it's really kind of grown since um, I was born here. But, uh, yeah, I'm proud to say I was born here. It's a beautiful place. I love it. Um, and, and you've been there the whole time? Yeah, um, well, I, I had a stand in Calgary. I, I, I've done some out-of-town work in my um, in my day job. I'm kind of in construction. So I spent about five years' uh, time up in Whistler, B.C. I was doing some work up there, and I was about a year in Calgary um, in the mid-'80s, uh, just before the Winter Olympics here. Uh, but for the most oh, part, wow. you know, Vancouver's been my, been my home, yeah, for sure. Been home. Yeah, you know, I was uh, born in Edmonton, and I lived in Calgary for a lot of years. Uh, Lethbridge, Red Deer, I don't know if you're familiar with any of, you know, with any of those cities, the smaller ones anyways. But I was actually back in Calgary for about a year and a half, and God, Michael, can you believe I've been back in California a year already? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it certainly is. Now, I Does that tell you anything? Pardon me? I, I said you came to California and I left. Does that tell you anything? <laughs> it makes me doubt your introduction about how fabulous I am. <laughs> how, how long have you been involved with music? Growing up as a child, was it something that you uh, were, were, you know, driven to do? Or is it something that came later? Yeah. Why? Yeah, well, that was quite a while ago. Uh, I was um, I was kind of uh, more or less uh, mentored or nurtured into music from my mom. My mom um, bought me a guitar when I was, I think, seven, seven. years old. Yeah, <laughs> and um, at that time, mom was uh, she was a single mom, um, been divorced from my dad, I guess, uh, for a couple of years. My dad was originally from England, 
uh, and he returned to England uh, very shortly after, I guess, uh, their divorce, and I kind of lost touch with him, and so my mom was raising me by herself, and um, she bought me a guitar. I remember it was a Yamaha acoustic guitar. It cost her $45 back in 1963, I think it was, and um, she made me promise to take guitar lessons, and uh, at that time, the Beatles were really just taking off in, in you know, in sort of North America, and it was just kind of so exciting at the time to even think that I'd be able to uh, maybe learn some some of their songs at that time. And it turned out my teacher was um, was a real Beatles fan. He was from England actually, um, and uh, so I think the first kind of pop song I learned was Eight Days a Week" by the Beatles, and I was about eight years old by that time. And so yeah, it, it was from that point forward that I, I was sort of I was into playing guitar, and uh, I've been playing pretty much ever since. You got real lucky with your music teacher because so often kids, whether they're taking the keyboards or guitar or vocals, um, you know, if you get hooked up with a teacher who, you know, for instance, like, and actually I am grateful for this training, but my first vocal teacher was operatic. So, and that's certainly not at 12, 13 years old what I wanted to be singing, but it did give me some great training. But to be able to find, um, a teacher that uh, you know is in love with the same and influenced greatly by the same type of music is is not always common and is a great thing. So you were lucky. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about that. And um, he was uh, very much into the Beatles at the time. He was a young guy, I think, in his early 20s. Um, he used to wear Beatle boots. He had a Beatle jacket. This guy was. Uh, he was just basically uh, crazy about the Beatles, and so, um, and he had an English accent. I, I, I still remember, um, you know, uh, when he was giving me lessons, he used to always say, no matter what you do, always make sure you tap your foot when you play, which was kind of interesting, and, and, and it is true. It is it's what I do to this day, And uh, but it was a real positive experience at that time. Um, he only uh, stayed in Canada for about 10 months uh, at that time, and then he had to leave, I guess. I, I, I'm not sure whether, you know, what, what the reasons were. But, you know, when he left, it was a bit of a heartbreaker for me because after that, there was there was never a good teacher quite like that that really kind of inspired me to want to, you know, practice my guitar and, and, and show the fellow that I'd learned something, you know. So uh, you're right. Teachers are really important. Um, you know, it, it's, it's key because when I did change, uh, the instructor that I had at that time was so bad, I just didn't want to take lessons anymore. Yeah, you know what, and and you know, it's with parents that, who want to teach or or have their children taught something in music, and you know, if your child's heart's not in it, you've really got to kind of, uh, you know, reach and grasp and try to talk with your child about what it is they're passionate about and want to pursue, or yeah, it's just not there. But I I know that what kind of hit home was when I was reading about how after your first instructor left. Um, you actually had to bus across town at a pretty young age to, to take <laughs> yeah, lessons. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, well, my lessons were on Saturday mornings. And um, uh, in those days in Vancouver, you know, the streets were pretty bare on Saturday mornings, believe it or not. It was it was kind of people were resting. So at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday was not really all that busy a time. And my mom, um, you know, she was a single mom, and she, and she had to watch her pennies and stuff like that. $45 was a lot of money for a guitar back then, and the lessons it were really expensive, is, too. Yep. 
Yeah, so so she used to um, walk me across the street on Night Road there, and, and she'd wait for the bus driver to come, and then the bus would come along, and she'd ask the bus driver if uh, if he would make sure that he kind of, uh, you know, alerted me to where I had to transfer, because I had to transfer at uh, 41st Avenue at that time. So uh, the bus driver turned out to be the same guy pretty much every week, and um, it got to a routine. So I just kind of walk across the street, wait for the bus to come along, hop on the bus, and then he'd, he'd uh, stop just before 41st Avenue, um, where there wasn't a bus stop actually, and, and he'd just wait there for the cross crossing bus to uh, cross his path, and then he'd lay on the horn, and then that guy would always kind of know it was me coming, and then they'd wait for me to cross 41st Avenue and, and Night Road to get over to uh, the westbound bus, and then I got dropped off at uh, on Fraser and, and walked the rest of the way. And, um, you know, I well, think, yeah, I was... Well, things changed, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, amazing, I remember, you know, I, I think it. I was about... To- I was about the same age as you were, actually, when my mom wanted, my mom, see, the way my parents thought, and I'm sure you'll agree being a, a, a musician, my dad was a great musician, and he taught piano and organ, and but he would send us elsewhere to be taught. Because you don't listen to mom and dad as well as you do somebody else. And so he would teach their kids, and they would teach his well, it was the same with my mom. She is a seamstress, a cook. She does it all, always has. But she wanted us to get our first taste of sewing from somebody else. And then, you know, if we needed her help at home, that would be fine. But, yeah, well, you know how big Calgary is. Uh-huh. And I was probably about the same age you were, seven or eight years old. And me and my uh-huh. uh, my sisters who were just younger than me that are twins would hop on a bus probably on a Saturday because we had school during the week. And, uh, yeah, we had a bus all the way downtown Calgary. And, and you know, when I think about that and I think about my kids who are, you know, they're older now too, but at that age I would have never thought of in L.A. sticking my seven- or eight-year-old boys on a bus and say, all right, we'll see you when you get home. Yeah, and, and- – I, I was pretty near almost the only kid on the bus, the only person on the bus on a Saturday morning, it seemed like at that time. It was pretty, you know, pretty um, a different world then. And, and so it was all good. There was never a fear. And then I would walk home. I, I used to take, my mom would give me bus fare to bus home, but I used to spend it on, on candy. So I'd have to walk oh, home. No, I don't want to really, you know, I do and I out of interest, yes, I want to bring this up because I know that it was something that had a profound effect on you, as a, on your music, on you as a human being, and I know you gave me the okay to talk about it, so uh, I'm going to kind of switch gears here, but there was a tragedy that happened in your life and uh, involving your mom. Did you want to? Yeah, yeah, it was... Um... Well, mom, um, mom remarried uh, when I was about ten years old, and we, you know, uh, we kind of moved away from Vancouver out, out to the suburbs a little bit, and then I, that's when I more or less changed. Um, I had to change um, music uh, instructors, and and you know, she she um, she suffered from depression actually, um, and there was some depression in the family. Um, you know, I think my grandmother suffered from depression as well. And so that wasn't really helping her, and she was not terribly happy in her marriage. It was um, it was a rough ride, quite honestly, uh, for for a long period of that marriage. And um, 
and it had kind of broken down pretty seriously, I think, by the time uh, Mum eventually, you know, she died. And um, I was, uh, I moved out of the house when I was 18, um, and I was just dying to get out of the house in those days. It was just like I had to get on my own and um, support myself and get clear of all the, all the flack. It was, it was, um, you know, usually not not the greatest place to be all the time. So um, right. when I when I moved out, I had um, I gone to. I got myself a full-time job um, working at an ice arena. I was driving a Zamboni, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I I was I was also going through um, uh, going to uh, Douglas College and then BCIT eventually, and uh, so I was able to pay for myself uh, completely. I you know I moved out, I supported myself, I, I rented a house and kind of moved away and and um, got my education, and then I um, got started in that job. I I was about two months into the job and. Um, I was told that my mom had basically uh, fallen to her death from uh, from a high rise in an apartment, and um, and it really kind of she was not um, she was not in a good mental state at the time, and um, it, it appeared to me that she probably uh, may have may have you know intentionally uh, taken her life, and so it was it was not a good time uh, at that time, and I was um, at that point I was completely heartbroken. Yeah. yeah, it really, really tore me up. She was the closest thing to me in my life. Um, she was a fantastic mom. She she really did everything for me. She um, she kind of kept me honest. Um, you know, when when mom gave me hack, uh, I knew I had it coming, and, and um, you, you know, it really broke yeah. my heart. Yeah. So well, you know, I'm back did, then too, Bobby. People were not diagnosing mental illness. At, no. at all, and 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 people were really not wanting to face it when they knew it was available anyways because, you know, had she gone in to be diagnosed, then she's admitting she has a problem. And I think that's really, not so much nowadays, but back then I think that was a really huge issue. So people just kind of lived with depression and, and anxiety. You're right, yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. And uh, to a certain extent, I mean, um, she did have some treatment and and. and you know, um, she had kind of had a real bout of uh, depression to a point where, you know, um, she had to, uh, you know, she she had to go basically into into uh, some healthcare. But um, she, you know, back in those days, the prescription for for depression was Valium, and um, you know, Valium is probably one of the worst things you could ever. Uh, think about taking and and so I think you know well and then if you uh, mix that with alcohol ever then yeah yeah it was nasty 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 kind of situation but mom had um been in depression and she kind of got herself out of it she'd lost a lot of weight in the process she lost I think 30 pounds and then she regained herself again and so all this was kind of preceding uh, her eventual um you know uh, life's end and um it was all pretty pretty tough when I moved away I was so busy just trying to keep up with my job and my education I really kind of I didn't see my mom as much as I probably you know you know knowing what I know now as much as I'd like to have so it was really 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 hurt me at the time and um you know I I I couldn't I couldn't really do anything other than just focus on music I was yeah, I, I really, really fell into the guitar at that point. I'd, I'd had the, the groundwork kind of laid for me, and I did have a great time in high school. I mean, it was a wonderful, wonderful time in high school. Uh, I grew up in an area called 
uh, Sunshine Hills in, in, in Vancouver suburbs area, and the, and the kids there were just fantastic. The, um, the school was fantastic. There was just a positivity everywhere. There were some really good musicians uh, that, that came out of that area as well. And, um, and so I, I had a great upbringing um, in that regard. But, um, you know, when that happened, it just, it just kind of drove me inward. And um, I, I was with my wife at the time, uh, and, I, I, you know, I had, I had her to rely on in terms of, um, you know, keeping me sort of somewhat with a, with a focus and a purpose in life. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, basically, yeah. so it, it was a, a big turning point for me, and it did drive me into wanting to be the best, you know, guy I could be in terms of guitar playing and music, and, and I really started Didn't you to, write a song uh, that was about your mother's passing or, or around that time that had to do with your mother? Yeah, it was it was it was sort of written indirectly about life. I I I was 22, I think, or 21 uh, thereabouts at, at the time, and um, I I was I was just thinking that that life was a bit of a game. I was trying to figure out, you know, what what is this life all about? You know, when you when you're so close to someone and then in a heartbeat, within just a, a millisecond, that person is no longer in your life forever. Right. You know, it really causes you to, to try to figure out what the heck are we here for? What what is this life all about? So, I wrote a song called Another Game, and it's just it's just it was trying to be a positive outlook that look at you know what life is a game here. When you're done, there'll be another game to go to. So, so I I I, I wrote the song called Another Game, and, and it was just intended to be a positive, hopeful kind of uh, you know fight back at, at depression type song. Um, an uplifting kind of song and just kind of get well it was mimicking real life but also acted as a catharsis for you and in a positive way so that you were like you said it was not a uh, well I would have to you know let's listen to it and we'll see but I mean I wouldn't consider it a sad song I would consider it more like you said to take a more positive outlook on something that was so heartbreaking and and such a difficult time for you so we're going to go ahead and we're going to play another game by Bobby Dixon and we'll be back in three minutes and 51 seconds another game
we're back with Michael Knight and our guest Bobby Dixon, and that was another game. So one more question, and then we'll try to move on something a little bit more up. But I know because I lost my father 21-plus years ago now, and it just seems like yesterday. But, uh, you know, you talk about in your bio how it broke your heart and how you really delved into your music and lost yourself in your music at that point. Do you feel like you've ever been the same since your mom passed? Uh, yeah, I would say the answer to that is definitely no. You're never the same. I, I don't think you are. I think um, – yeah. Uh, what what it does is it it just speeds up it speeds up your life to a point where we all reach at some point and and, and you you know you, um, you you're able to sort of deal with um, you know things that are pretty serious or, or traumatic a lot easier it seems if you get through it and um, when you see my friends now that are going through losing their parents um, I, I really can feel for them because I. You know, I, I know how bad it hurt and how it still hurts even to this day, you know, about it. And so when you see someone that has had their parents for even 20 or 25 or 30 years longer than you have had, it could hurt right. them even that much more. You're even that much more sympathetic to them. So, so uh, you know, mm-hmm. no, you're never the same. You're never the same for sure. I, I can't say that. Uh, I, I have to agree with you 100%. I, I yeah. totally know where you're coming from. We do have a couple of callers in the queue. So I'm going to go ahead and bring them in in case they want to talk to either one of us. I'm uh, more sure that they're calling in to talk to you, Bobby. So we'll go ahead and and this first caller I'm bringing in is area code 403. Hi, are you with us? I sure am. Hi, Bobby. Who who am I speaking to? Greg Squire. Hey, Greg. How are you? (laughs) I'm great, thanks. It's so good to hear your voice. I, I think it's, you it's got to be, <laughs> got to be years, Been years a, and years and years. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll bring Carrie up to date. We, um, I was one of the fun-loving uh, Sunshine Hills High School students. We, we chummed together for <laughs> oh, a few wait, years. Are you the one who jammed in the in the women's locker room? <laughs> oh, I might have. Uh, no, that was that me, Bobby, or not? <laughs> I might have blocked that one out. We uh, no, we grew up. Yeah, we had a, a, a lot of good years together. Had a lot of good friends. And uh, uh, Bobby uh, mentioned with the um, with uh, moving in and eight, at 18 years of age, we went to the same same high school. Um, I I actually left to Calgary when I was 18, so we kind of lost track there a little bit. But uh, we, um, I was in the Kitsilana Boys Band playing trumpet, so we, we had uh, we had a bond there too with music and uh, had some great friends and uh, yeah, it's really good to hear. I was in high school too with the trumpet. Absolutely, absolutely. So we uh, had a good, a uh, lot of good close friends and uh, um, you know, Bobby, I I didn't uh, you know uh, remember or uh, know about your mom and that sort of thing, but. You're you're bang on there. As we um, as we come and have these uh, tough times in life, we we grow, we get a little stronger. I've I've gone through, as you know, my my dad passing and my mom's having some real health issues. So, but uh, yeah, it's right. all been really. We all really appreciate where we've been, and uh, and it's good to touch base with you. And uh, and I I love the um, I love still love the music. You know, getting out and 
doing some concerts here and there and uh and and uh you know uh, oh, uh and, and things like that so yeah well I, i'm not going to tie you up but uh it sounds real good and i uh, look forward to hearing some more thank wow. you so well, much I, for calling in i'm sure you appreciate the the support bobby oh you bet greg greg um it reminded me that uh, that that that's right. He did play trumpet, and so did I. And and, and I think we played in the same um, same uh, band class um, because we we went to school from grade grade nine through twelve, pretty much. I think, uh, and um, and so yeah. And there was there was a bunch of us. There was Billy Ash. Um, yeah. used to play the baritone, and we used to exactly. swap instruments. I, I always remember Greg and, and Billy sw- switching. I'd, I'd see Greg on this baritone, and it was bigger than him. Uh, That's right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't start growing until I was eighteen or nineteen. There you go. <laughs> well, well, all the best, Bobby. Now, Greg. Yeah, all <laughs> the best. We'll be in, we'll 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 stay in touch, buddy. Next time out in Vancouver, I'll come out. We'll we'll, we'll touch base. Sounds Thanks great. so much for Sounds your support. Great. You're welcome, Carrie. Thanks, then. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, we actually do have another caller from area code 914, who I'm going to bring on. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. And who are we speaking to? You are speaking with Warren Bubb. (laughs) Hi, Warren Bubb. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Carrie. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing, Warren? I am great. I just called in to uh, basically I know it's your end of the year show. I wanted to call and wish you guys uh, happy holidays and happy new year and all that stuff. And I'm hoping you guys are doing well in uh, 2013. Hopefully it'll be a great year for both of you. Uh, thanks, sweetheart. Just to bring Bobby up to date, Warren, and you may have even listened to this show. He was on, do you remember what date that was, Warren? Uh, yeah, it was back in the beginning of uh, middle of November, I think. Beginning of November. November, yeah. Warren, Warren's an actor, and so he he was on the show, and he's one of our greatest supporters. So I really appreciate you calling in, Warren. Did you have anything that you wanted to talk to Bobby about? I just actually was done on now. I looked at the time. I realized you guys were on. I'm not talking to my Christmas shop. I'm eating some dinner right now. I was like, oh crap. Let me give a carry a microphone of this holiday best and do Bobby also. I really wasn't up to the camera on Bobby's stuff. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, I just wanted to face this call in. Hope everybody's doing well with all you guys and your mom and everything else. Hope everyone's doing well. Thanks, sweetheart. Yeah, she's, uh, you know, day, day, day by day. But um, we got lots of people prayer, praying and, and thinking about her and sending some positive energy, you being one of the, you know, many. And I appreciate you always asking about her, so thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. And Bobby, congratulations for making a big time now. You're carrying my show, so you must be sending your book to your own air show. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> Thanks so much. And I wish you guys have a Merry Christmas, time. Warren. Yes, you guys have a great holiday. I don't Merry want to take too much of your time. I know you guys don't have much time left. And uh, again, just uh, my best to all you guys out there and uh, keep in touch. And uh, in January, uh, let's talk more. Absolutely, absolutely. Have a great holiday season, sweetie. Uh, my pleasure. Love you guys. You take care. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty then. So I actually wanted to ask what Rain Kiss is about, Bobby. Um, Rain, Kiss, Rain Kiss was um, was written, uh, it just it just seemed to happen. It just it, it 
it's really hard to explain. I was doing an acoustic CD that that was primarily a cover CD. We um, I was working with a fellow named Bob Cottingham, uh, who I had met when I was about 19 years old. He was 10 years older than I was, and and had already played in in a couple of pretty notable bands. And he uh, kind of took a liking to my playing, and so he started working with me in a band. And and I, I've known Bob ever since, and um, he's been heavily involved in recording and and um, television production. Um, and so he suggested we get together to do a, an acoustic CD. Um, he plays bass, and um, so we did. And in the process of doing that, I, I, I was writing some stuff, and, and Rain Kiss was a song that um, that I felt was sort of um, uh, representing um, uh, everything I could I could I could bring together as an acoustic guitarist um, because I I I had really wanted to establish myself as a good acoustic guitar player. I, I felt that it was essential to, to um, you know, to my playing overall. And, and, and me as an artist, I wanted to be able to offer that dimension. All the guitar players that I've really come to, um, you know, sort of um, uh, look up to were all, you know, acoustic players and electric players. Jimmy Page, um, Keith Richards, um, Pete Townsend, uh you know, on and on it goes, and 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 those players all, you know, seem to have a really great, you know, handle on on acoustic guitar. So I wanted to establish myself in that department. And this song, I felt, um, was my was was my sort of, um, you know, my my swan song of of, of of guitar playing at that time. I wrote it. I felt it had a kind of a classical feel to it, maybe a like a Bach like feel to it, and so. Um, and I, I just kind of fell into the into the melody and the um, and the feel of the song. Just seemed to represent this this really kind of um, cozy place when you're staring, looking out, you know, from your from your bedroom window, and and you know you're kind of warm and and safe, and you're looking out into the rain, and 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 you're just imagining um, your first kisses. My first kiss when I was a kid <laughs> was under. An was umbrella. it in the rain? <laughs> it was in the rain, yeah. It, it was in the rain, um, and I think I was—I <laughs> shouldn't say this; they're going to probably cut me off the air. But I think I was uh, 11 years old at the time, and um, and this this really really nice girl at the time uh, offered to kiss me and under her umbrella, so I did, and so that's basically kind of what the song was Aww, supposed to represent. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And when you were saying sitting in the comfort of your bedroom, looking out the window at the rain and feeling safe, it just reminded me of the the, the word or the term quarencia, which means the place where you can be your most authentic self. And I have ever since I saw that, I've just been in love with that term. So on that note, wow. we are going to play Bobby Dixon's Rain Kiss and be back in two minutes and nine seconds.
That was beautiful, Bobby. I absolutely well, loved that, as I'm sure all our listening audience did. I actually have another 403 caller on the air. We're going to go ahead and bring them in. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, this is uh, Gary Roy, Bobby Dixon, my old friend. We, uh, Bobby Dixon and I, in grade six, actually uh, played on stage in front of the school, and I think we became instant rock stars at that moment. And got all the girls, didn't you? <laughs> now, were you one of the ones who practiced in the girls' locker room with Bobby? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna plead. I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> well, at least from what I understand, it was during maintenance time. So, anyways, I thought it was kind of cute. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary. Yes. How are you doing, you know, Bobby? I, I, I'm doing great, and, and I actually mentioned you. I, I really, I'm really glad you called in, Gary. Um, Gary is is we, we've been we've been friends since basically grade six, I guess, is when I met Gary. And um, I met him at a time where, you know, music was just such a great, 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 powerful thing in everybody's lives. I mean, it was in the middle of the Vietnam War, and there was there was basically music everywhere, and it was just a feast of music. And, and Gary's dad was um, just a really special guy. He was such a nice guy to me and to and to Gary as well. He, he bought Gary a, a set of drums, and um, and he and I came up to to you know Gary told me I had this set of drums, and so. Um, I played guitar at the time, and, and his dad, he just wouldn't he just wouldn't accept no for us not getting together and practicing. So he used to, I, I used to go up to Gary's place just just to just just to be make his dad happy because his dad just would go crazy about it, you know. And we would practice and practice, and then um, and then we our our, our our principal at the elementary school at the time was a very very cool. Um, guy as well he was a, a masterful piano player and he was very big into music and um and he liked the fact that we were musicians so he set up a couple of uh a couple of assemblies for us and gary and i got to i uh, got to play in front of our school at that time up on stage and there was i don't know like maybe i don't know how many kids would have been there but it was it, it felt like there was a million of them and um and and we got to sort of get that feeling uh what it was like to perform in front of kids and, and um it kind of kept me going you know and I, and I think, I think at that time, Bobby, too, we inspired another fellow that turned into a pretty great musician, and that was Mark Chuback, uh, another buddy right. of ours that uh, that ended up moving to Japan, and he's been there a long time, created his family, and he's a uh, he's a very decent musician. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you so guys keep in touch with him? Yes, uh, we we uh, we try to get together, but because of the time difference. Um, we get on Skype sometimes together, and we're able to talk. Yeah. But uh, I think Bobby, myself, and uh, Mark were all friends on Facebook too, so we're able to stay in touch that way. Girl, don't you find that? I mean, I know you hear so many people complain about Facebook this and Facebook that, but you got it's one of the greatest things there's been. I mean, think about us when we were in high school. Uh, me, anyways, I didn't even have uh, computers back then, let alone the Internet. And, you know, we've often talked about how the Internet is such a great medium, you know, to get your music out there, but also to, you know, reconnect with people and connect with new people. And, I mean, it's amazing that you can communicate with people you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Well, that's that's how Bobby and I found each other. Um, um, Bobby... 
had a mutual friend, and and this uh, this lady is um, related to me through. Uh, we shared we shared the same aunt, but from different different families. She married into uh, uh, <clears throat> her family, and her name's Yvonne Beaupre. And and Yvonne and I were talking, and we became Facebook friends. And then uh, I'm looking through her list of friends, and there's Bobby. And I just about fell over. You know, it was just just through the small world event. Bobby and I were able to reconnect again after losing touch uh, because when my father passed away. Uh, I was a very young man, and and as hard as it was for me to sell my drum set, I ended up uh, heading out to Calgary on a Greyhound bus from the money that wow. I sold my drum set with and made my life here. So, you know, it's... And then uh, start all over again. So, so you have well, that in common, too, you know, the, yeah, and, the loss and, of appearance and having to start over. and Yeah, and Bobby and I were, we were like brothers. Uh, my family really embraced him um, at that period of time anyways. Uh um, Bobby and I were just—we were like brothers, you know. Uh, sure. There wasn't anything that we didn't do together, and it was a lot of fun. I think it was a good adventure for the two of us, and then, and then we lost touch, and it's—it's it's too bad that that happened. But uh, you know, that's yeah, life, well, right? Well, you know, everybody—it is life, and you know, I think everybody has their periods of feeling guilty for not having made a bit bigger or better effort to stay in touch, but life goes on and you go in different directions and it really isn't about not caring about that person anymore. And, and yeah, Facebook does make this world a whole lot smaller than it really is. So yeah. And, uh, and if you, it. Uh, it, it helps me stay in touch with Bobby as well. Like we don't necessarily communicate back and forth, but I go onto his site and, and he posts a lot of the songs that they do so I'm able to stay in touch with his music that way, and you know, it just uh, I go back downstairs by myself and bang away on the drums, uh, pretending I'm a rock star from when I was 18 years old. So <laughs> it's a it's a guy thing. It's a guy. <laughs> Actually, I got so lucky because my fiance and I posted it well yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before yesterday. Anyways, I got my Christmas present early. I got a keyboard. Somebody thought I meant computer keyboard, and they're like, oh, is it wireless? And I go, no, 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 piano. I got an electric piano. (laughs) So I got spoiled. (laughs) So I guess as you bang away on your drums, I'm over here reacquainting myself with with the keyboards. (laughs) Yeah, but it's good. It's good to stay in touch with music, so. For sure. For sure, yeah. Okay, well, listen, Bobby, I... I just I just wanted to say hi and let you know that I'm enjoying listening to the show here on uh, not awesome. late night. So <laughs> thank you very much awesome. for uh, for listening to me. I reminisce. Thanks a lot for calling in and, and supporting Bobby. And I'm going to mute you out if you want to continue to the, listen to the rest of the show. You're more than welcome to. All right, Bobby. Hey, love you, buddy. Love you okay, too, Bye now. Okay. Bye bye. Michael, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to stay awake. You know, I only have like two hours One thing, I, one thing I, I thought was great was Bobby. You, you said that you played trumpet. Yeah, yeah I did. He, he yeah, did. I played. I played trumpet uh, from grade eight through grade twelve for five years. Yeah, I, I played trumpet from grade five to uh, grade nine, and then switched over to the uh, French horn. And I was oh, sitting cool. here thinking when you were saying you, you did you did trumpet, I thought, 
Yeah, now that explains it all. All great musicians start out playing the trumpet. Ah, well, they know how to kiss, so. that's for sure, because you got to have that embouchure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just didn't find, um, you know, when I when I got out of, I love playing the trumpet. I mean, we, it, it really was, uh, uh, you know, a great instrument to play, and and I was playing in some pretty good bands. The music was was apparently it was it was pretty serious back in those days. I was in a seventy piece. A concert band when I was in grade eight, and um, there was nine nine trumpets, you know, three three third, three second, and three first trumpets, and so that uh, is a, a pretty big band. one for a high school band. I mean, compared yeah, to what was, I had been in, I don't think they were that big. Yeah, so so and and you had to audition for that. You you know that was a concert band. You had to you had to okay. be good enough to make it. And so I was really lucky that I got picked with another. There was a girl in grade eight as well. There was two of us in that in that troop, and then. It was like a 70-piece brass band, no strings, and we got to go on road trips and things like that, and, and I got the exhilaration of playing, and that, it's just the force and the power, you know, that uh, that comes when, and the music, the music was everything from Handel to uh, John Philip Sousa to, you know, Jim Webb, uh, Jimmy Webb, uh, by the time I get to Phoenix, right. I mean, there was just, you know, every kind of music you can think of, and that, I think, really helped me today in, in, in terms of my my uh, preferences for music now. It's it's right across the board as well, So, uh, and I think I write right across the board. I'm not really stuck in any one vein, so um, it, it all helps, I think. helps as a singer, oh, well, your tone. Yeah. Bobby, uh, I was curious, too, uh, along with band, did you also participate in choir? Uh, no, I never did. I never did the choir thing. I was in the band. I was in. I was in the jazz band. I was in the choir, and I was in the in the like I, I forget what they called it back then, but it was like you know it was the special choir that got to do all those special numbers. So yeah, I was in the group. That's great. Did you, you, did you ride on a short yellow bus, Michael? <laughs> when you no, were in the I didn't. <laughs> 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 Hey, Bobby, what about the time that you learned, uh, you were performing, actually, I think you were going to be on a uh, live, like on a radio show or a television show, and you learned the song in the entire wrong key, and you had about 20 minutes to relearn it. That's right, yeah, that was, um, uh, I, I, through, through my playing, I, I came to meet a fellow named Jerry Doucette. Jerry's uh, just an amazing um, guitarist and, and artist. He's a Canadian artist, Juno Award winner. Um, you know, he sold many, many albums, and he still performs. He's, he's a good friend, and um, he's been a, a big help to me in terms of my performing and playing as well. And, and so he got an opportunity to go on Rock 101's um, Electric Lunch, which is, you know, it's an hour-long program up here in Vancouver, and they've got a listening audience of, you know, over... 150, 200,000 people, so it was a pretty big gig, and a girl named uh, Lee Aaron, um, who's a female singer, you might remember from the 80s, she was um, kind of a diva, she still is actually, and she's a really good singer, and she's kind of uh, changed her, her format a little bit into the jazz aspect uh, thing, so Robin LaRose invited Jerry on on with Lee Aaron, and, and Jerry asked if I would help him, um, you know, with acoustic guitar work, um, so... I I did, and, and the song that uh, Lee picked to do was "Summertime," which everybody, of course, in the world has done, I guess. But um, uh, so we went on <laughs> on that program to do "Summertime." But Jerry told me that it was going to be in the key of I can't remember. I think it was G, and, and it turned out to be in the key of C. And there was sort of some interesting <laughs> rundowns that I'd worked on. So 
we got we got to the to the warm up room and, and getting ready to try the song and then Jerry says, Oh yeah, no no sorry, uh, did I tell you that key? It's this key. So so I, oh, yeah, I, I had to basically re- relearn the whole thing. Not that that should be a big deal, but with the guitar, you know, there's different positions and open strings and things. Uh, the way you approach um, how you how you do it and what have you. So it was a little bit of a, a shaker, and not to mention the fact that you're, you're going to be playing live in front of you know who knows 150,000 people. So so <laughs> Jerry was looking at me with, with his eyeballs sort of going in opposite directions, saying, "Are you sure you're ready for this?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got it done anyways it, it, it came off without a hitch um, in fact I think uh, there was no mistakes at all to be, to, to be heard of and, and it went over really well it, really, it worked out fine but yeah it was fun well see that was your moment of truth especially with him so I don't care how good you are when you have to switch keys at the last minute you've got 20 minutes to relearn something that's, that's a feat <laughs> yeah, and, that's, now, not that's, to come up with something, uh, you know, another negative thing, but you have had a few tragic events in your life, and we covered the one with your mother, but there was one involving a bandmate. Hmm. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Uh, oh, of course. Okay, Rick Crotto, yes. Well, yeah, uh, you, you know, um, yeah, I, you know, I... Carrie, probably the best thing to say about that is that is that it it, it really is something that I think um, you know uh, it, it, Rick is a good friend of mine. He's got he's he's, um, he's gotten over his, his he's gotten through his demons. I think everybody's had their demons at some point, and oh and absolutely, it, you know, I know you, I know. You either get through it or it can really slam you hard down, and, and some people never get back up off it. And um, yeah. when we were playing in a band called Collision. Um, uh, yeah, we had, we had had a little bit of difficulty in that regard. It kind of brought our band to an end. But um, uh, you know, all's well now, as I understand. And um, and we did some recording after that on the acoustic stuff. Um, on my SoundCloud page, there's probably about six or seven songs with Medrick, um, uh playing and, um, and singing. And, and he's just a masterful, masterful singer and uh, a wonderful artist. A great writer. Um, you know, well, and you're being uh, very modest and humble because uh, you actually uh, saved this man's life. So if he's gone on to be this great musician, then he in part has you to thank for that. So well, he, he, yeah, he. I think in the end, he, you know, he had a lot of family support. Everything came together for him, and, and he's doing fine now, from what I gather. Uh, I haven't, I haven't talked to Rick in quite some time, but um, I think it's all, it's all good. But. Uh, you know, it's just, it was sort of a coincidental um, situation for him. And, and um, he, he, you know, he ended up kind of getting all through it. So we got, we got through that stuff and, and I've kind of moved on from that. And, and um, now I'm just, just happily sort of working on my own thing. I've been doing my own singing. I realized that, you know, at some point you've, you know, you've you got to rely on yourself. And so I just decided to start singing and um, more um, and, uh, and write and sing and, and play more now. And, and that really keeps me going. I'm really, really happy with that. Well, I think for a lot of our lives, we're conditioned and even taught that, you know, if we do for ourselves, that's just such a selfish thing, and you need to always be doing for others. But I think as we get older, we realize that if we're not in good shape, if we're not, you know, mentally healthy and and emotionally there, we're really not, any good to anybody else and I think you know we we come to realize at some point that we need to do for ourselves and it's not a selfish thing well yeah. I'm really I'm really in trouble then aren't I 
You what? I said, I got some big trouble there, weren't I? Does <laughs> <laughs> that mean you're real selfish or real unselfish? <laughs> no, I just, yeah. Well, I can be more selfish on, as my ex wife used to say, it depends on the weather in your head. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were also, um, this was kind of funny, it probably wasn't to you at the time, but you were sued for copyright infringement where the guy ended up paying you. <laughs> yeah, that that was a real that was a that's probably the worst the worst aspect of me being in, involved in music um was that just last year I got uh notified that a, a fellow that I'd done some recording with and played in a band with over the years had decided to uh sue me and Alan Fru from uh, Glass Tiger and Stefan Macchio for um alleged copyright infringement um and the fellow, uh, I won't mention his name, but basically he asserted that um, I had liked one of his songs so much that I decided to steal it and give it to Alan Frew. Alan Frew, in turn, gave it to Stefan Macchio, and the two of them conspired to put together the Olympic theme song, I believe, um, which is just absolutely absurd. But anyways, unfortunately, as absurd as it was, um, you still had to defend yourself. He filed a... Uh, he filed a suit in federal court, Canadian federal court in Ontario, that I had to defend myself against, and it cost me a lot of money in legal uh, fees and stuff like that, just to prove that um, he really was off his rocker. And then, essentially, um, uh, you know, fortunately, Alan Frew and, and Stefan had well documented um, their their uh, inception of the song and, and to prove that the date that he had identified. Uh, that he had written the song actually would follow the date that they had um, done their homework and made sure that they had kind of covered themselves with their song. So it was just, it was just ridiculous. And, and how he put me together with those two guys was just based upon a conversation I had with him telling him I'd volunteered at a um, cancer uh, benefit where they had five bands come out and, um, and play um, one of them was Glass Tiger. They were the feature act, and um, I'd met Alan Frew, and um, I'd met a bunch of other players. There was all the Headpins were there, and um, Chilliwack was there, and Streetheart, and um, you know. Oh, well, and see, now that when you're mentioning these Canadian bands, that's like a blast yeah. from the past. <laughs> yeah. So all those, I got to meet all those people, and including Alan wow. Frew at the end of the night, and and I mentioned this to this guy, and uh, and so that was all he needed to be able to. Um, put a case together that said because I had met him meant that there was a possibility that I might have given him this this uh, this song, which he never had to prove. He never had to. All he had to do was assert that, and then basically um, that would give him grounds to um, to to name me in the lawsuit. In which case he, you know, I put together an affidavit sworn saying that you know that never happened, and and you know there was a bunch of legal stuff that happened but it all got thrown out and in the end he had to pay court costs um which were the costs that associated with uh what the what the court would normally assess in in, in a in a loss in a court loss um so he paid right. the court costs but that covered very very you know little of the legal expense which i'm still paying for to this day <laughs> yay so essentially yeah. it was a huge waste of time and 
Well, at yeah, least it was it, in your favor then, because we, you know, yes and no. Any any publicity is good publicity, as they say in the entertainment field, but not when it comes to anything to do with copyright infringement and stuff like that. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, that that nice. can be real bad. And so, at least it was decided in your favor. And yeah, it sucks that you're going to continue to pay on that for a while, but yeah, yeah, that's no, behind me now. In the entertainment field. <laughs> That's it. So what were some of the names? Give me the names of all of the bands that you were in and the ones that, because I know there were four or five, if not more than that. Yeah, there there was some, um, well, I, I originally, um, my first sort of reasonable band that, that, that I played in was Collision um, with a fellow named Hilton Hartwell. I played in that band for probably 15 years. Um, and we did mostly, you know, harder rock stuff. The rock of the day, which was Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and Bad Company and, um, you know, Elton sort of all John, that. Yeah, I just did a little bit of Elton John, did, did um, Journey, um, some Judas Priest, um, uh, April Wine, um, Coney Hatch, um, that kind of stuff. All all kind of, at that time, considered more harder harder rock stuff. And then, from there, we, we started a band called Hustler, um, and that was with Rick. Uh, that was um, Rick Crotto, and he was a lead singer, a fantastic singer. And um, that band lasted for about three or four years. Um, and then we started a band called Throttleneck, which was kind of the last um, the last um, cover band that I was involved in. And that lasted, I think, till about 1996. And that's when I decided I wanted to just get back to learning how to play acoustic guitar and, and, and do some self-development improving because I was getting really, really tired of covering people's music. It just was really driving me nuts. And, um, and I knew I, knew, I had to break out of the box. I'd kind of come to this plateau where I was just learning other people's songs and regurgitating them and playing them back and, and not really getting Ask much satisfaction. Else, so you wanted to, you know, get out there and be recognized for being, being you and recognized for your own work. Now, the, the house when you were about 20 that you turned the garage into a recording studio, did right. you purchase that house or were you renting it? No, no, I was really lucky. When I when, when I moved out of the house uh, from home, um, I was working at the ice rink. I was telling you I was driving a Zamboni, and, and um, uh, one of the fellows that was working for the corporation at Delta at the time, he owned this house. It was a rental property, and he offered it to me. So it was back in those days, it was costing me $230 a month. Um, it was on an acre of property. Oh, it was wow. a small little, yeah, a small little bungalow, and it had a, a garage that was actually bigger than the house. It was about uh, 40 feet long by about 20 feet wide. So, so I immediately... And it was detached, so you could go out there and... Exactly, exactly. And we, so we, we insulated it and put some hung some Led Zeppelin posters all over the place and Paul McCartney and Wayne Pope posters and, and then um, carpets on the walls and, um, and and moved in this huge PA. It was like a 3,500-watt, you know, PA at the time and uh, and just got busy playing music. That's when I met Bob Cottingham and, and, and the fellow I was telling you about that um, I ended up recording later with and uh, it, it kind of became, you know, sort of my home away from home. And when I got home from work, I would just go straight into that place and, I'd be there till one o'clock in the morning every morning uh, or every night. Of course, practice and my guitar. Every musician my... does. Nighttime is I don't know why, but <laughs> that's when all the zeal and the passion and the yeah, you're you're playing all night long. If you're blessed enough to have a day job, so you can do that at night. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly true. So, and that's where I got I got to. Um, 
basically developed my playing. I wrote another game sort of in, in that in that setting there, and um, it was it was just a good place. I, I also got to know Jack Daniels pretty well um, in those days. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> Intimately, I was, I was, right? <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack Daniels in Vermouth. Someone turned me on to these uh, Bourbon Manhattans, and, and next thing you know, I was I was out there with Jack and some Vermouth and uh, and and my headphones, and and you know, away I was I was playing my guitar like crazy. <laughs> Michael, did you have something you were going to say? Do that, yeah. I can never get I work at Edgewise anymore, Terry. Back in the day, man, it was like she never talked. Now she doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but do we have any more music of this to play? We we have one that we're going to take out with. We've actually got uh, just under an hour left of the show, so we're doing great. So yeah, Bobby, if you want to uh, kind of give some background to, I think uh, Think of You is the one we haven't played yet, right? Oh, Think of You. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That was um, that was one I recorded in my living room with a fellow named Darcy Deutsch. Um, Darcy's just a fantastic singer. He, he sang in a band called Prism. I don't know if you remember Prism from uh, the sure 80s, do. but yeah, um, they had Spaceship Superstar and um, Night to Remember. You know, a couple of other um, pretty notable hits. Um, very good band, and they're still touring today. Al Harlow, I I, I bumped into him about a month ago and um they're still going hard um at what they do and um so Darcy was kind of um he he left the band and, and he'd written he wrote this song actually but he didn't have a bridge for it and he didn't have a second verse for it. And um so I said, Well let's let's finish it. Let's you know, I'll help you. I'll help you maybe we'll come up so I helped him write the lyrics for the second verse, which he was a little iffy on I think in the end he he very very much perfectionist and, and he had to struggle to kind of even you know, uh, finish it the way it was, but we did. And then I wrote the bridge uh, part for it and put a guitar solo, and it was all acoustic guitar. Um, basically, he was playing sort of the original sort of scratch track um, acoustic guitar and singing at the same time, and I played um, all the other overdubbing guitars. And I think I layered... Um, I, I played along with him when we recorded the ori- original bed tracks, and then I put a uh, sort of a flam- flamenco-style um, uh, overdub lead solo through... Uh, through the middle of it, and, and I kind of wrote that bridge. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's a really, really nice song, I think. And Darcy's just got such an amazing voice that um, it didn't turn out too bad, considering it was basically done on an eight-track uh, in my living room. Now we are going to end our interview with you with the thinking of you or think of you. But I do want to ask you before I let you go: Where can people uh, find you on the internet? Where can they get your music? You know, probably the best place is Facebook. I, 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 I'm probably guilty of not, you know, having my own website. I don't even have my own business cards. I, I basically, I'm still writing. I'm still putting together music, um, and I, I'm posting them on SoundCloud. And uh, I've joined a bunch of these groups. I, I, there's some really good people. I wouldn't mind mentioning um, uh, John Paul French and, and Demelia Denton from I Like It Group have been really supportive um, and, and have really helped me to get my music worldwide. I mean, there, there has been over 40 countries uh, and people from those countries that have listened to uh, my songs from, from SoundCloud. Um, it's just amazing. And, and, you know, people in Italy and in, in, in the Netherlands, um, Australia, um, Japan, as, as Gary had mentioned, um, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, um, Afghanistan, 
Norway, Sweden, Ireland, uh, just uh, it's, uh, South America has been Brazil, Argentina, Chile, um, Mexico. You know, all these different countries have listened in on my stuff, and so that is really, really, really exciting for me because it just it just means that you know there's a unif- unification of people. People are people. It doesn't matter where the boundaries or the borders are. If you can get to them, if you, the communication lines will break through the the borders, my God, you know, what a great place we've got. And um, so SoundCloud. um, So in SoundCloud, you're under Bobby Dixon? I'm under Bobby Dixon, yeah. And uh, my my Facebook page is Bobby Dixon. My email is iqcs at shaw.ca. And and that's how you can get me on Facebook and or just uh, sending me an email. And, um, yeah, that's basically it. Awesome, and if any of the listeners forget what you were just told, you can always get in touch with Michael Knight or myself, Carrie Francis on Facebook, and we'll get you in touch with Bobby Dixon. Well, Bobby, I want to thank you. I'm so honored and so glad and really enjoyed this hour with you and would love to have you back on sometime. Well, thank you guys. Carrie, Michael, I really, really, really appreciate it. It's my honor. And we're going to take everybody out with Think of You by Bobby Dixon.
all I got to say is, wow. I tell you, that guy's got some talent in there, you know. And, you know, it's it's so great, Kerry, you know, that we have the show and, and we get a lot of these different artists that come on the show, you know, whether it be acting or, or singing and, and comedy and such. And it just amazes me every time how much really great talent out there that, that still hasn't really been fully discovered, you know. So much, so much, you know. And uh, especially when you get somebody like Bobby who's been doing it his entire life and, you know, there's... Uh, everybody's got their own story behind what drives them and why they have that passion, and it's just always so interesting to me to have these guests on and and whether we share a half hour with them or two hours, it's it's, it's always so much fun. And now we're at our second hour. Actually, we have about forty five minutes left. And
relationships where they are just clueless when it comes to the fact that that girl was just flirting with you. No, she yeah. was being nice. No, honey, really, she was flirting with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I can't really tell you. So, well, about about a month or so ago, I was down in Laredo, Texas, and uh, I was standing in line at this, uh, where we got fuel at the Flying J down there. And uh, there was this lady in front of me, and she was mentioning about the company I work for here. And uh, and I was kind of overhearing it, and she had this accent, you know. And I and so you know when she turned around, I said, "What company you work for?" And she she said the same company that I work for. I said, "Oh," and and I, and we got to talking, and you know, and I said, "Use my business account," and we went outside and we started talking. And uh, come to find out, you know, her accent, she you know she was uh, she's Australian, so she has this Australian accent. And so we got talking, you know, and, and, and kind of, you know, just clicked there. You know, we got we got along really well there. We exchanged phone numbers, and for about the last month or so, you know, we, we maybe, you know, called each other once or twice a week, you know, just to see, you know, where you're at, how you're doing, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, here about, I would say about a week, week and a half ago, just right after I got my new co-driver, she calls and she says, uh, uh, I would really like for you to team drive with me. I, I want you to come move over into my truck. And I'm saying, okay. <laughs> did you know yeah. that? She, did you know that she works for the same company, or does she not work for the well, same company? Uh, yeah, she works for the same company, and, and I knew that when I first met her. Oh, okay. That's actually how how I started talking to her because she was mentioning about the company that I, and that I work for, and that's how I found out she worked for the same company. So I thought, okay, so she wants she wants to team up with me. Uh, you know, because she feels comfortable with me, you know, we talk a lot, you know, we have a good time, you know, when we talk. So, you know, I'm thinking, uh, at my school, you know, it's always better to ride around with a good-looking girl than it is some dude. You know what I mean? Some smelly <laughs> dude. Sorry to your partner. But, yeah, you, you guys get in there and you get sweating and farting and, oh, what are you going to do, though, with a female driver? You're not going to be able to just let them rip and stuff like that. Probably yeah, not driver, you know, she 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 knows everything, you know. She she she, but you know, it's really it's really cool because you know she she's a woman. She's a little bit older than I am, but but uh, you know, she isn't one of those that reminds me of my mom. <laughs> you know, she, you know, she doesn't she doesn't look her age. Uh, I, I would say she probably was I don't like some sort of beauty queen she when she was young. I mean, she she really is is very very beautiful for her age. And uh, and, uh, well, and the Australian accent—that's always sexy. Well, yeah, accents always are. I'm a sucker for accents, uh, you know. But you know, so anyway, so so you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, we're gonna go drive together. You know, no big deal. You know, you know, we both get along. It'll be fun. We'll talk. You know, and 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 just enjoy enjoy work. Well, she's been, you know, like using terms of endearment toward me lately. She's been calling me three, four, five. Three, four, five times a day. <laughs> Since I started, I almost feel like I'm starting to get married here, you know. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm still sitting here thinking, well, maybe it's just she's excited. Just, you know, she's been driving solo You're for You're still for, being stupid about it? For a long time. She has been. She's been driving solo for like about three years. So, you know, you know, maybe she's just excited about having, having, you know, having somebody along that, you know, she feels comfortable with and able to talk to and that kind of thing. So answer yeah. me this then. Are there male lot lizards? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you were thinking maybe she was just horny and lonely? Well, you know, I don't know. But, you know, it's like yesterday we had a conversation. And, and I've been, I, I'll tell you, I've been getting sent here to Texas so much. She lives in Texas. She lives up by Dallas. I definitely wouldn't want to ever live up there. But, but you know, I've been getting sent to Texas a lot. And, uh, and there's some opportunities for, you know, some dedicated runs for people who live in Texas and such. So I've been considering the possibility of moving to Texas. And, uh, and I, I happened to mention that to her, you know, yesterday, you know, because you know, they got these dedicated runs and, and they, they really like these people out of Texas because it's based, you know, either out of Dallas or out of Laredo. And, uh, and, and some go to Detroit and some go over to uh, South Carolina. And she goes, oh, that would be wonderful. And, you know, I know where we can buy some property. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so thinking she's already well, thinking she's in a relationship, Michael, or she mistakenly thinks I, you have money. <laughs> yeah, well, well, she knows I don't have any money, but but <laughs> but you know, it's I don't know, it's it's just really really. Uh, I, I'm starting I'm starting to finally grasp it. A, she I think she's a little bit more interested in me than just being friends. Which is which is cool, you know. I've been alone for a long time, and and she's age appropriate for me, you know. I I went and I put a post on Facebook about oh maybe a week or two weeks ago, and I read, read Jimmy uh, Parker said he was going to steal it and use it too. I I put on there that you know, dear Santa, all I want for Christmas is a hot chick. <laughs> you know? That was that was the extent of the post. <laughs> and and. Uh, that's all I put on there, right? And and now I have proof that it exists because there's like five of them that are after me now. It's five? Like, no, let's see yeah. what the other four. And 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 the crazy part is they range in ages from nineteen yeah, to no. sixty. Yeah, nineteen? No, 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 no. <laughs> of course not. Why would I have a comment with nineteen here? And plus, she doesn't live in the country, so that one's out. There's, there's only two, two, two of the five, well, actually three of the five that live in the country. Uh, yeah, they, they, you know, really, one has been working really hard with me. And, and of course, they, 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 they focus on the habit of using my Christmas break. And, and then there's 29 girls from Pennsylvania. And, and, you know, like texting me and several times a day and, and is madly in love with me. And it's like, I think you've had me know that you haven't, you haven't even, you know, yeah, you talked to me, you texted, you know what I look like, but how can you be in love with me when you haven't been around me? Michael? <laughs> I'm not even going there on that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so, you know. Yeah, how could like, you? How could you? <laughs> and, 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 and a 29-year-old, she, she's been... Lately, she's been sending me some rather interesting pictures, you know. <laughs> so it's like, really? wow, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's like, huh, you know. Uh, you know, age-wise, that's not so bad, not like 19. And uh, still, you're closer to, well, you're 55. She's 29. I just. For me, when there's that big of an age difference, I think there's just way, way 
I mean, you're always going to have baggage in relationships, you know, unless you're 18, you know. But when there's that big of an age difference, there's just way too much drama and a difference uh, in the emotional maturity and intellectually wise, you know. They're going to be talking about uh, all these alternative bands and rap and ebonics. And, and, you know, you're talking, you know, you're more uh, wanting to settle down. Well, she, she's actually an artist, a sculpturist. Uh-huh. That's what she does for, does for a living. And, uh, and you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of differences and everything else. I don't know. I, I get along with all age groups anyway. But, but, you know, it's like, it's like I you know, I'm, I'm really not. You know, that concerned about that one. I, I think the Australian Australian ladies probably going to be the winner <laughs> or the loser. <laughs> <laughs> or depending on her outlook. <laughs> I might be the winner, you know, out of that one. But but anyway, yeah. So so I've, I've had a lot of things happening. Well, Good question. Yes, I yes. have a question. Does Miss Australia know? Is it New Zealand or Australia? It's Australia. Okay. Does Miss Australia know about the birthday ventures? About the what? Your birthday ventures. Oh, no, and she will never find out. Unless she's <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> uh, she, she she never listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she's been trying to call me all throughout the show because my phone keeps beeping that somebody else is trying to call. <laughs> Oh, that's another thing. Last, last night, because I was gone, I left my, uh, you know, I'm not answering my phone while I'm where I'm at, you know, and and uh, and so this morning, you know, then I got everything charging up, and I hear my phone ring, and I can't get through because I'm driving. So, so finally, my co-driver, he, he gets me on my phone, and so I call her back. She, I thought you were mad at me. You didn't answer the phone last night. You didn't answer the phone today. And, yeah, I was just charging my phone, and I fell asleep early last night. <laughs> so I don't want to start off nothing with a lot of drama. But, but you know, yesterday was my birthday. I turned the legal legal speed limit for trucks in California highways. And, which means, uh, and, I, which so, means I got that answer right. <laughs> that's correct. You sure did. And we only got, like, a couple more days of today and tomorrow. I still haven't got the trivia question up today. We'll have uh, today's survey question and tomorrow's survey question, and that'll be it. It's really, really close. I mean, I mean, you, you've got, uh, you've got uh, eight points. I'm, uh, I'm two points in the lead, aren't I? Yeah, you got eight points. Peggy Mackey has six, and Ed, Ed, uh, Ed uh, Lowenthal was it, uh, has has six points. So it's still really close, and it can come down where there's a tie. You know, if if, if one of the other two. Gets both today's question and tomorrow's question correct before you can. Then, then they can tie you, and then, then we'll have to have a tiebreaker question. So we're not uh, having a question Friday. Just today and no, tomorrow. No, I, no. Friday, Friday is actually when I'm going to to uh, wire out the money to the winner. Woohoo! Oh, okay, now let me interrupt you just briefly. How often do I say that in an hour? Uh, in case anybody wants to call in while he's sharing his uh, his uh, scary stories with us, you can call in at 347-205-9943. Again, 347-205-9943. And if you want to put it, be put into the queue to actually be brought on 
uh, air live, make sure you press the number one. Otherwise, we are just going to assume you are listening to this show via your phone because we do have a 604 in the queue right now, but they did not press number one. So area code 604, if you're wanting to be brought on, please press number one. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, yesterday was my birthday. And I've been stuck in Laredo now. We we got into Laredo like Sunday. Uh, they were supposed to do the, the preventative maintenance on the truck, and they didn't get it done on sun, Sunday. So, so then then uh, there's or whoa, they were supposed to do it on Monday. Yeah, they were supposed to do it on Monday, and they didn't get it done. So so Monday night, you know, going into Tuesday, which was my birthday, I decided, you know, me and my my new co-driver, we were talking. You know, there's been this talk about Boys Town down in Mexico. It's, it's, a, it's a legal brothel. And uh, and these guys, these guys get on the CD radio. If you're in the truck stop at the Flying J or the TA or the pilot over there in Laredo, and you're listening listening on the CD on Channel 19, drunk Indian will come over and say, hey, if you all want to go down and have a good time down in Mexico, just give us your name and uh, we're leaving, you know, such, such time or such, such time, and we bring you back at midnight. And and I heard other drivers talk about Boys Town. They said, "Oh yeah, man, it's a lot of fun." And this one guy says, "Yeah, man, I I had two girls for like forty bucks, you know." And, and so you know, I, I've always been really curious. I've never been to never been to a whorehouse. You know, I lived in Carson City where they had them legal there, and I've never went went to one. And and you know, I guess the older I get, the little bit more braver I get. And uh, and so you know, I thought I I just want to see what it's all about. I want to check it out, you know. So my co-driver and I, we just had my birthday, you know, and and I really planned on, on actually yesterday leaving Laredo. So so I said, well, I'll celebrate my birthday early by treating myself to going down to 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 this this Boys uh, Town. And Boys Town is actually a a compound that's that's like cement walled in in the level of Laredo, Mexico, and no and windows has has several. Has several uh, different bars in there that that uh, have have prostitutes, and it's all legal. They uh, you know they they even have to go through the medical screening and all that kind of shit all the time. But you know, so so we go down there, you know, and on the way down, you know, you know, we get to thinking, you know, wow, there's you know a lot of crazy shit that's been going on down in Mexico. I hope we don't end up getting shot or killed, you know. We're worried about getting pickpocketed and stuff. So like like we had our ID in our front pocket and our cash. And, and and that was it. You know, we didn't take our wallets, you know, or nothing of uh, value because, you know, we didn't want to lose anything, you know. So, so, did you uh, say so, you drove yourselves or somebody else drove you? No, no. No, it's, it's Drunken Indian and his group. They they have you know, a couple. So you jumped in a total stranger's vehicle to a country that's known for just wreaking yeah. havoc on tourists? Yeah, well, but, you know, it, it, it's called adventure, you know. I'm getting old. I'm gonna be dead like in ten years, so you know, I gotta, I gotta start taking some risks. You know, I've been, I've been living like a pussy life all my life. Now it's time, to, time, to, time to take some risks. So, so, but please tell me you bought your first box of condoms and God only knows how long. They, they provide all that stuff down there, so you don't have to worry about that. That's, that's included in the price. So, so anyway. Yeah, we we get we get we get in the, in the SUV and we're all down heading down there. We're getting across the border, and and my co-driver he's never been across the border before. I actually spent time down in Mexico touring as a comedian, so so I've been down there before. You know, and we're crossing the border, and you know, and you see all 
when you get over to Mexican side, you see all these guys standing there with these sudden machine guns, you know, standing there watching everybody and everything. And he's starting to freak out a little bit. You know, he's like, damn, those guys got machine guns, man. You know, <laughs> and so we're getting, we're driving through town and stuff like that. And the first thing the guy says, okay, we're going to stop at the pharmacy before we get there. Anybody needs any Viagra, Cialis, any of that kind of stuff, you can get it right there, right over the counter with him. You know, I, 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 I don't need none of that shit, you know. I, 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 I'm, I'm cool, you know. So, so I, I, yeah, I, 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 oh, no, you know, I just sat there, sat there in, the, in the car, you know, and a couple people, a couple people, you know, kind of looked at me, oh, we don't need nothing, you know. Okay, so, I gotta so, I got to stop you right there. Okay, now you often say, Carrie, you know me better than I know myself. So, yes, I do. I would have thought, knowing you, because, and let me preface this and explain to people why I'm going to say this, because you have told that we talk to each other about everything, uh, especially the time that we've been together on air, and you have told me that you are not a one-night stander and that unless you really have feelings for somebody, yeah, it ain't happening. So I would have thought that had they offered to stop and get you Cialis or Viagra, that you would have done that for sure. I haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> okay, you changed your mind. Okay, so I'm going to open that up and let you talk. Go. Really? That's a miracle off the shelf. Anyway, uh, you know, that really is how I am. Uh, and, and really, I kind of surprised myself this time around. I, I think it was the two years of not getting laid just got got the best of me. I don't know, but <laughs> but it's like you know we get down, so we get down there and they get us get us to the place, and, and the place is called Marvis. And and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell anybody who really wants to go down there and check it out, make sure you go with these guys, this drunk Indian guy, and you know, and, and such, because I'll tell you what they do to make sure that you're safe. Times. If you, if you want to cross over to one of the other cars, they will come and escort you. These people, these, people have been at, these people have been at it for, for 14 years, taking people down there. And, you know, so they've got a reputation of making sure you come back in one piece. And, and so, you know, it's how funny that, how ironic that sounds when you say, make sure if you want to be safe, you go with the drunk Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really drunk. That's just his handle on the CD. But, but you know, definitely, definitely want to go with these guys because I mean, I mean, they do take care of you. They do make sure you're safe. And if by by some weird chance that that a transsexual does sit down with you, they will walk over and say a code word to you, so that way you know that you know what you've got doesn't have the equipment you think it has between its legs, ah. and, you away, and you can get away from it before it's too late. <laughs> And so, so, you know, they, they have all sorts of they do. I mean, they, they they do make sure they take care of you. So, anyway, we get down there, and, and they, we fall up to, to, to a place called Monitors, you know. And, uh, you know, you see on TV, you know, like these movies, the guys go in, you know, to the whorehouse, and the ladies line up, and, and then the guy chooses which one he wants, right? We walk through the door, and it was like we were in the meat market, man. These girls come flying out here, man. <laughs> And this girl grabs hold of me and, and, and yanks me off to the table, you know. And so, okay, you know. And so we're sitting there, you know, and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, she, she's about 36 years old. 
she wasn't bad looking. She wasn't, you know, super supermodel gorgeous, nothing like that. But she, you know, she was she was all right, you know. And uh, so, so we're talking, you know, and, and and you know, and bought her a drink. And then all of a sudden, she, you know, they got music playing in the place, you know, out the jukebox. And I buy her a drink, and all of a sudden, man, she's like grabbing my hand and then putting it on her boob. And, and and then and then she starts like doing a lap dance on me, and then she grabs my hand and puts it down her panties. And I'm thinking, what the hell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought I was in a porno movie or something, man. You know, <laughs> and and you know, I'm only human, okay? You, you know, you start you start feeling up and feeling things that you haven't felt for two years. You know, you're starting to get reactions to it, all right? And and uh, and it's like, God dang, you know? And it's like, okay, game over, man. It's like. You know, I, I passed the point of giving a shit whether I cared or not anymore because I didn't. <laughs> you know, and so, so she said, "Let me get a room." You know, and and to get a room, you had to pay the bar seventeen dollars for the room. And uh, and I said, "Okay, well, well, how much?" Big Oh, 
And you know, and, and you know, you know, I've I've, I've experienced oral sex with other women before, and I never really really enjoyed it because I don't know either either they either you know they, whatever they were doing it made it tickle, and and you know, once you start getting giggling and tickling, <laughs> I'm it's done and over with. You know, and uh, and and uh, and I'll tell you what, this this girl, this girl had some talent. Linda Lovelace from Deep Throat will be jealous. You know, I mean, <laughs> she she had some talent there, and it was like I, you know, and you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not a tiny guy when it comes to that. I don't like to brag or anything like that, but I'm not a tiny yeah, guy. Yes, and, <laughs> and 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 I was like. I, she, she, she did that. I, I just kind of went, huh? You know, it was like this girl is still like four foot tall, man. Where'd it go all the way to her belly? You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, and, and like I said, it was like wow. I mean, I had never had sex with any woman that that rocked my world like that. And and I had I did have a relationship with a couple women that. Yeah, it came pretty close to this one last uh, that first night, but you know, not not. I, I mean, by no comparison, it was like, like you wow. were participating in the best porn ever. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and you know, and so so we get back, we get back uh, back to Laredo, back to the truck, and it's about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. We got to be at the shop, you know, like at six o'clock. So, so needless to say, the last two days I haven't gotten much sleep. So so we get up and we go and take the truck to the shop and we spend the entire freaking day there at the shop. My entire birthday was sitting there at the shop waiting for them to get done doing the uh, preventative maintenance on the truck. And uh, and so it was got late and they said, well, we don't have a loan for you if you're going to spend the night again. <laughs> so I, 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 told, I told my co-driver, I said, you know what, man, this is going to be a birthday I'm never going to forget. I'm going to go back again. You know he he spent he spent like eighty bucks buying his girl drinks and never got nothing, man. I felt so sorry for him, you know. <laughs> it's like, yes, uh, I thought I was naive, you know. <laughs> and uh, so you know, I I he he said, well, he said I I can't go down this time, you know. I I just don't have the money to spend, and uh, okay, so so I I go down and I go I go down again last night. You went and, by you know, yourself. Oh yeah, well there was other guys that showed up there to write down too. I mean, there was like fourteen, fifteen of us total who went down there. But yeah, I went by myself with something else. But. And uh, and so you know, uh, I, I I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, every man's fantasy to have is have to have a threesome, you know. And I thought, you know, wow, forty dollars, forty dollars, that's like eighty bucks. I could have a threesome, you know. And so I thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. So anyway, we're going down there, and they take us to a different bar. And, and, I, and I was kind of, kind of a little bit upset about that because I had already picked out the two girls I was going to pick out at the other bar. So we go into this new one, and and, and one of the things that, that I learned from the first night is don't be the first one through the door, because <laughs> I mean they just come at you like 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 piranha after you. Know, if you fell into a lake full of piranha, you know, and now they kind of attack you. That's right. That's what happens when you first walk through the door. So I thought, I'm not going to be the first one through the door this time because then I, then I can kind of pick and choose who I want out of who's left because he, you know, you know, then then you know I got got more choices. Well, so, like, you know, I, there's two things you really got to consider too: is the time of year you go, and the time of month. So if you're going near Christmas, 
these girls need money to buy Christmas presents. They're all going to be hopping on you. Or if you go near the end of a month where rent's coming up, <laughs> they got to make their quotas. <laughs> That's true. So everybody else goes in. I wait for everybody else to before I walk again, you know. And, yeah, they're getting bombarded just like the last place, you know. And so I, I walk in, and, and there's, there's this one, one uh, gal there, and she says, you want some company? I mean, she talked English. She said, you want some company? And I looked. I said, you speak English? She says, yeah. I said, okay, because the other place, nobody spoke English, <laughs> or very little, or maybe it's just like you know it. And, uh, and she went, so I said, yeah, sure. We sat down, and we talked, and, and, uh, and you know, and uh, we were sitting there, and, I, and so I buy her a drink, you know, and, and we're sitting there, and, and, and she, she, she's sitting there playing on her phone, texting somebody or something, like, for a half an hour, and I'm thinking, well, this is one route. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I'm not interested in somebody doing that shit all the time, you know what I mean? That's it's like, are I, I'm here. You're supposed to. You're supposed to pay attention to me. That's the whole purpose of this this place, right? You right. know. <laughs> and, and so, so sitting there, and pretty soon she gets done with it, and and she leans she leans over and whispers in the ear, and she says, "Would you like to have a Mexican sandwich?" <laughs> and, and so I sat back and I looked at her and I'm thinking, "Well, that could only mean one thing, really, in this type of place. That could only mean one thing." Yeah, you know, and that's a reason. And but you're so, not a Mexican, and you would be the one in the middle. I know. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at her, and, and she says, you know what I mean, don't you? And, and I said to her, I think, well, I said, it could mean several different things, but I think I know what you mean. It, it's, it's me and you and another girl. And she goes, yeah. And... Uh, and there was this other really good-looking girl sitting back behind her, you know, and, and she says, she says, uh, you like her that's sitting back behind me? And I said, oh, there, wow, she was really cute. You know, I said, sure, you know. So, so she said, well, let me ask her if she, 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 she wants, to, wants to do this. So I'm sitting there, and and, uh, and she asked her, and, and she was like, and she said, yeah, she, she'll do it. And, you know, I said, okay, so, so how much, you know? It was like 100, 120 bucks plus 40 bucks a room in only an hour. And I thought, shit, I got a better deal at the other bar the night before. Talk her down. <laughs> she would not talk down. This girl was tough, man. This girl was tough. She would not talk down for nothing. And uh, and so, you know, so that, that I, I passed on that. I thought, well, I guess. It'll be another time when I go to Laredo, and I, I'll get I'll get to leave my dream when I go to the other bar because I think the other bars people were a lot friendlier. This bar they were a little bit more almost business like, you know. The other and they weren't like, within walking distance where you could have just walked to the other one. Yeah, well they were, but you know, once again you don't want to go out in the street out there in that neighborhood because <laughs> uh, you got two cartels down there fighting back and forth. Uh, and part of it is in, uh, about the ownership of, of who's going to get the cut out of these bars that have these prostitutes in it. So you just don't want to go walking out in the street because you got these cars driving by and these people looking, you know, and you don't know what kind of guns they might have on them or nothing else. So, you know, you don't go outside by yourself. My and biggest worry would be leaving there with incurable parting gifts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, you know, so I passed, and, and a little bit later, you know, 
an, another girl comes out and, and you know, and, and she was cute, you know, and, uh, and, uh, it was like, you know, she, she was more what I call, um, look, look Mexican, you know, the darker skin, the full lips, you know, Latina look, right? Very you know, like ethnic a, looking, yes. Like a Jennifer Lopez type look, you know. Ooh, and, 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 uh, and she says, she says, you you out, you want to have some fun? And I, I thought, well, you know, I, I, I think I do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I say, well, how much? And she says, sixty dollars. I'm thinking, well, it seems like everybody here is sixty dollars. And you know, I had such a great time last night, and I got a little extra money on me tonight. Heck with a, I'll, 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 I'll splurge. And, and go the extra twenty, you know. <laughs> you know, me, I'm a cheap bastard anyway. So, so, so we get in, you know, we we get in the room, we're talking and stuff, and, and she was like 28 years old, oh. and uh, and we got to talking, and uh, and after talking to her, I just couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I mean, you know, I I, I got I got talking to her about, you know, you know. Why? Why she was doing this type of work? Just you know, I was curious. You, know, you I, you started know, being, you started to be emotionally attached, where she was like oh, somebody's daughter, uh, and you couldn't do it. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know why. And so you know, she was telling me about how her dad, he lost his legs, and so he can't work, and her mom is working really hard trying to support the family, and and she was working in a factory down in Monterey, Mexico. And, and she's starting to tear up and cry while she's telling me the story, you know. And <laughs> that day was fucking her girl in the middle of her sacks, you know. And, and 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 so you know, she said that you know that you know she was doing this because her mom wanted to open up a hair salon down there in Monterey, Mexico, and and so she tried to help her by making more money because she was working in a factory and she wasn't making hardly anything. And I believe that because when I used to live down in Mexico, the average Mexican made about twelve dollars and fifty cents a week, and yeah. I was working. For, a week. So, you know, so, you know, it was like, you know, and, and, and so we just basically just talked, you know, and, and that it was still cool. cost you 60 I mean, bucks? Yeah. You probably, you, know, gave her, you probably gave her more than that because you felt bad for her. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't because I was saving money for the next one that was going to give me some fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so I, I, I gave her the $60, you know, and and she she said, but you know we didn't do anything. I said that's okay. I said you know, you know maybe maybe you know I was just sitting here talking to help you get things out. I you know that's okay. I don't care. You know it's no big deal. I, nothing was going to happen. I I flat out there was nothing that was going to happen. No way. No way. You know. So anyway, I come back out and so she sits with me and we're just sitting there talking and stuff like that. Pretty pretty soon she goes well. She goes, I'm, I'm going to go back to work now. I said, okay. And she leaves. <laughs> so now I'm looking for these guys that brought us down here. And, and I can't find them anywhere there, you know. And I'm thinking, I want to go back to the other place where I had fun, you know, because this place, I'm not having fun. I mean, I'm hearing sob stories and and, and, and I'm having really old, ugly-looking ladies hitting on me. <laughs> I mean, this, this one was not the best bar to go at. So, people, if you go down there, don't go to the safari, man. <laughs> but anyway, you know, so, so finally I find one of the guys that brought us down, and I said, I want to go back over to the place we were last night. And it's right across the street. I, he says, let me walk you over. He says, we want to make sure you're safe. We don't want you getting shot or anything going across the street. So so he walks me back over there, and so I go over there, 
And I'm getting ready to walk in. Now, you know, it's later in the evening. We only got maybe about an hour and a half, two hours left before it's time to head back head back out because they leave at midnight. And uh, and so, I, you know, it's getting late, and I'll go walk in there. You know, everybody's pretty much got everybody who they want, you know, and, and I can pick and choose because there were certain girls that, that I definitely was interested in the night before. And so I'm walking, I'm walking, and I'm with the guy that's taking me all there. And two of the girls are sitting outside there, and, and, and this, this one girl jumps up, and she grabs hold of me. And I'm thinking, damn! And, uh, but she could speak English, and she said, you know, I wanted you last night. That other girl took you before I could get to you. <laughs> I said, oh, really? <laughs> well, can you rock my world the way she did? <laughs> I, I tell you what, no, she couldn't. <laughs> wow. But we we did we did still have a decent time, you know, and uh, and such. But no, I I tell you what, that that girl that first night, that girl boy, wow. You know, I, I, have I, comment I, cards there. You can leave comments. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it was it was really really a, an interesting experience. And, uh, and and me and my co-driver, even though we're not going to be co-drivers, I probably between somewhere between Christmas and the, and the New Year, we, we've come up with a plan that anytime either one of us is in Mexico, we'll call the other and see if, I mean Laredo, <laughs> and we'll call and, and see if, if the other one is there. And if they are, then we're going to go have boys night out every, every time. Uh, we um, unless you hook up with Miss Australia. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Because I am a I, that's that's one thing I pride myself on. I am I am very loyal and faithful to anybody I have a relationship with, and uh, you know, and so you know it's like you know it was it was a neat experience. It was something that, that I never dreamed I would ever do. And, and if you never and, go back, you'll be able to say, "Been there, done that." And 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 the Michael Knight side of me took over that night. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't the real me to shy me. For, and 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 I actually enjoyed myself for a change. So, and I really needed to, I really needed to really enjoy myself. It's been a very very long time since since I've had a lot of fun, whether it be sexual or not. I mean, it's been a long time since I've had any any really amount of fun that that just really made my day. I mean, I woke up after that first night. I woke up the next morning. I asked my coach driver, "Did we really go down there last night?" Is it, is it okay? It had to be a dream, you know. I never, I never had that good of things happen to me. It has to be a dream, you know. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, we went down there." I said, "Damn, I actually had a living dream." <laughs> but you know, it, it was so out of character for me. It really was. And, you should have had your driver videoing it. <laughs> well, they, they actually, you know, no, I'm not. <laughs> Now, I'm not going to have that out there, but, but they do actually allow cameras in there if you want. But, you, but, you know, it's like, no. And, uh, and uh, but, you know, I thought, no, you know, I, I, th- I, think, I, I think I don't need to, to horrify everybody in the world by them seeing me naked by any means. And I'm so glad these girls turned out polite. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of my body by any means. I'm, 
you're a good-looking man. But you had mentioned you were going to, like, videotape on the road rest stops and restrooms and the best of the best. And I just figured uh, you know, I, would, I would much rather see this. <laughs> I'm sure more, more people would like to see your romp and, and playing around at the, what's it called? Boys Town. Boys Town. Then they would like to see the outhouses around the Only in their dreams. That's all I can say. <laughs> Only if they let you edit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they might make fun of me or else or else I might really lose lose chance of getting any real girlfriend. <laughs> they say, Oh my god. Anyway, uh, We're out of time, Michael. So uh, because this is our last show of the year, I do want to thank all of our listeners, our listenership, those who listen in live, those who listen to the archives. I'd like to thank all the guests that we've had on our show this last year, and uh, we have some great ones coming up next year. Uh, our first show will lead off on January 9th with musician David Leach. And uh, I just want to miss, uh, wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And do you have anything you want to say? And, and you know what? I like that. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. The seasonal greeting BS pisses me off. Yeah. Holiday. If you, don't like, if you don't like Christmas, then stop it. But, you know, I'm going to say Merry Christmas. I don't care if you like it or not. Yes, that's what it is. It's Christmas. Even yeah. says so on the calendar. Even says so on the calendar. It doesn't say holiday. It doesn't say Christmas. <laughs> it says Christmas. So if you can't deal with it, move someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> Stop celebrating <laughs> our holidays. <laughs> that's right. That's what I got to say about Christmas. I'm anyway. taking my present back. <laughs> uh, that's right. You are going to say Christmas. You ain't getting shit from me here. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I do want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I really want to thank everybody for, for when we did come back on air this year for all their support and, and the tremendous amount of listeners that we've gotten. And uh, hopefully it continues on next year and, and we should have more interesting and, and, and different types of shows going on all throughout the year next year as well. It'll still be every Wednesday at the same time, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. I always say 5 p.m. Central because 90% of the time I'm in Central time here. And so that way I <laughs> make sure I, 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 yeah, I got to make sure I remember when it is. Because there's been times Terry has called me and said, oh, I said, oh, it's already time for the show, you know. <laughs> and so, so you know, I do want to thank everybody for listening in. I mean, I have a blast in these shows. And I'm so glad, Terry, that, that you're doing them with me. You know, I, I, I'm very proud of you. I think you're doing a fantastic job, especially having to fill in and do even more work now than you used to with having to produce the shows and, 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 and promote and all that because I'm out here on the road. And, and I, I just want you to know so how much I appreciate you and, and think that you're doing such a fantastic job. Well, thanks, sweetheart. I really enjoy myself. You know that. So, um, yeah, everybody rejoin us January 9th at 3 p.m. Pacific. Same bat time, same bat channel. We love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tune in next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time for another edition of Not Late Night with your hosts, 
Michael Knight and Carrie Francis. This has been a Michael Knight Entertainment Media Production.